On today's episode of You've Got Podcast, we have with us Peyton Harkins. She's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. We just found out she was valedictorian of her high school, which is very exciting. So clearly, as a very intelligent person, she must have loved the movie You've Got Mail. <laughs> she recently watched it for the first time, and mm -hmm. she will be discussing Frank and Patricia, the significant others of the two main characters. So first of all, as a You've Got Mail virgin, give me your initial thoughts. Well, let's see. I mean, as far as romantic comedies go, I thought it was like pretty perfect. Like okay, yeah, all, yeah. all the things that I was like, this is going to start to annoy me at some point. You know, it was like they, they just like redeemed themselves at like the correct moments, you know, which like I do know we can talk about <laughs> it later. But like, and I'm sure it'll come up because the, the way the um, significant others redeem themselves like. I don't know. That definitely surprised me. I did not think that that was so going to happen. So that's curious. How do you think they redeem themselves? Because I don't think they really? ever do. Yeah, I think they continue to just be assholes. I mean, they continue to be assholes, but it's like the reasons that I don't like them at the end aren't the reasons I don't like them at the beginning. So like, Ooh. so like th when they both show up, you know, <laughs> and at first I was like, all right, these people are going to be cool because they like wake up and read the newspaper, you know, <laughs> but then it turns out that they're just kind of weird about the newspaper, you know? And then, like, one of the first things that you hear about Patricia is, like, she makes coffee nervous, That's you know? That's the best line of the whole movie, by the way. The well, maybe, like, third best line, but I love that line. Mm -hmm. She makes coffee nervous. I aspire to make coffee nervous. Right? And, like, I misinterpreted it the first time I watched through because I watched the beginning part <laughs> twice. Like, uh, all the way up until he finds her, like, in the coffee shop where they're okay. supposed to meet. Uh -huh. I've seen that part twice. Well, because you were so enthralled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so, basically... Um, Oh fuck! What was it? Where was I going with um, that? Okay, you when you first meet Patricia, you find out that she makes she makes coffee, coffee nervous. nervous. Yeah, and then the first time we meet, like Joe, he's just like or Frank. Frank. <laughs> he's just like yelling about something in the newspaper. But then, like really soon after that, I find out that he has three typewriters, and I'm just like, <laughs> no, like You're right, this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but he does work for a newspaper. Mm hmm. Yeah, but he, I don't necessarily like he works for the newspaper in like the same way I worked for my newspaper when I was in high school. <laughs> like I would just kind of like write what I felt, you know, and like put it out there. And I also like caused a stir one time like Ooh, he did. But detail. so there's this basically in our high school, we had a football team, as most high schools do. And the cheerleaders every week would come up with like little signs to put in the hallway to kind of like. Yeah you know, support, support right, our team right. this way. Yeah. yeah. And so it was always like, uh, alliteration with the like name of who we're going to play. So like bam, the buffs was one of them, which I took issue with in my <laughs> column. So basically I was just like, you're coming up, like it's been three years since you started doing this thing. You haven't like figured out more words for our opponents because we <laughs> play the same ones every year, you know? So it got to the point where we were like bamming the buffs, which doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like razzing the Redskins or razzling the Redskins. I was razzling like, razzling the Redskins. What does that even mean? I don't know, but it's like they were going for Raz, you know, like they but were almost right. Raz last year. No, I'm sure they hadn't. They just didn't know the difference. <laughs> so anyway, I just wrote a column being like, the reason our football team sucks so much is because like, they don't know how to beat the other team. Like you're giving them like Ooh. ideals they cannot like do. Ooh. You know? oh. So anyway, that's it I didn't, imagine that caused a stir. It did. It was my stir yeah. from my high school newspaper was quite different. I made the band kids mad oh. because I wrote a column about how uh, each state in the United States is like 
a stereotypical kid from a high school movie mm-hmm. until like California is the like cool popular kid you know whatever like Alaska's the like weirdo loner sitting in the corner by himself <laughs> and then I said Nevada is the band kid dry and boring on the outside sexually active on the inside mm. And we got three letters to the editor about that, Ooh. about band kids who were upset at me calling them sexually active. Oh, which I mean, that kinda, would be the other side. <laughs> kind of proves my point. Yeah. But, uh, but band kids got so much action. Like, none of them could say that that wasn't accurate. Yeah. Anyway, it caused a big stir. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, what I'm trying to say is that I really wanted to identify with Frank, you know, <laughs> but then he just kept making it too hard for me to identify with him. Like he, he's just like too into himself. And into he's a bad journalist. I mean, mm. when Kathleen Kelly asked him, "Would it be a terrible conflict of interest for you to write about my store in your column?" and he says, "No." Yes, Frank. Yes, it would. Did he really say no? I thought he said yes, so but did it anyway. First, at first he said, yes, it'd be a conflict of interest. And then she says, really? And he goes, oh, no. And then he does it. And I mean, I guess he could disclose it in the column. Like, mm-hmm. by the way, this is my girlfriend's store. But still, like, yeah, is a huge conflict of interest. Yeah. And, and what did it even really do? It rallied up like four protesters right. to go stand we're outside the store. already probably protesting anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was like, what was the, I don't know, risk versus reward, you know? But, he, I mean, he didn't really seem to have, like, there were no consequences of this either in terms of, like, ethical journalism. <laughs> yeah, no. He got to be on TV, you know, he found the new love of his, his life. Telling, okay, so I, for the first, like, 20 times I watched this movie, thought that Sydney Ann, the lady on the television, mm-hmm. was Patricia, just because they're like both white girls mm-hmm. who are like annoying. Yeah. And see, you know, and when Patricia first meets Frank, they really hit it off. And mm-hmm. so I thought how, you know, ironic would that be if later they end up together. That's what I thought was going to happen. I realized that was not true. Yeah. Like, that's really funny because I was convinced that they were going to be together just because that first time they meet each other, it's like he seems to be meeting somebody that thinks he's just as awesome as he thinks he is. And it's so funny. <laughs> he's never found that before. Yeah. And it's like, it's so weird because he, cl- you know, he has all these standards. Like I couldn't date somebody that was like not into politics, you know, or I couldn't yeah. date blah, blah, blah. And it's like this person who he seems like really like to like in this first meeting, like they like literally grasp each other's hands and like yeah, have to be pulled, pulled apart. Away from each other. Yeah. And it's like, she liked him for like a completely different reason than her being smart. Like he is um, like top scholar on Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, you know? And she's like, the thing that's most interesting about these two like spies that like (laughs) gave our (laughs) nuclear secrets to Russia (laughs) is that they're as old as us, but they look older, you know? And he's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. They're both such crazily self-absorbed people that i really don't know how a relationship between the two of them that's true could have worked anyway although maybe it's like if you're so self-absorbed you don't realize the person you're with is also self-absorbed because mm-hmm. you don't realize anything about them at all yeah like as maybe long as that's they're the like only way it could work yeah like as long as they're both like the the partners in each situation is like helping them achieve this like goal of who they think they are you right. know then maybe it'd work out but like I also just kind of like as a romantic comedy viewer, like the two people that are obviously supposed to be together, Kathleen and Joe, like the fact that they're like evil, like partners that they're currently with, like both suck and then could like suck together. That was like an appealing like reality for me. And I feel bad, like Frank gets a girlfriend at the end, but Patricia doesn't get anybody. Mm -hmm. And like, 
Who's she going to go out with? <laughs> I mean, she sure, kind of sure. sucks. See, I don't think she redeems herself at all. Really? The last scene we see her in where she's painting her nails in the elevator, mm-hmm. that's awful. If you do that, you deserve capital punishment. Don't do that in an enclosed space. Is that when they get stuck? Yeah. I didn't realize she was elevator. painting her nails. She's painting her nails and it's like nail polish is such an overpowering smell mm. in that small area with people you don't know. Mm-hmm. That's awful. See, but I think in that elevator, she like all at once redeems herself and then reminds you like, don't root for me because she, they're, they're talking about Kathleen's situation. Mm-hmm. She's like, I think she could be like a kick-ass um, editor of children's book because yeah. she like knows her stuff, which was demonstrated like I think the scene before when Joe just like walks up on her crying in his bookstore, which I think is weird. Do they ever explain why she's there? Um, no, I mean, I think it's just kind of the, like, I lost the war, I guess I'll just go. Just go and be there? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so she's saying all these nice things about Kathleen and, like, makes Joe, like, have to kind of reckon with the fact that he's been trying to not reckon with, which is that, like, he caused her business to go out. Right. And then his girlfriend, mm -hmm. who we all think of as evil, is the one who's going to offer her a job. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, man, maybe she doesn't suck so much. And, like... And the next, I think there's that quote where she was like, oh, it's like, they're like obstinate or, you know, something like that. And she's like, who does that remind me of? Oh, oh me. Like, I yeah. think that comes either like soon after or just before. But then if it doesn't come right after, there is the point where he's like on the phone trying to get the elevator situation fixed. And she just like <laughs> takes it and she's like, get me the fuck <laughs> out of here. Like, into the phone. yeah, like, I don't know. Plus, then when everyone's going around saying, if I ever get out of here, I'm going to do this. And hers is first of all lame like everyone else is trying to say like deep meaningful things Mm -hmm. and she's just like i'm gonna have my eyes lasered (laughs) and then she completely cuts off tom hanks Mm -hmm. joe joe fox from what he's trying to say and that's when he finally realizes Mm -hmm. you're too self-absorbed for me to be with Mm -hmm. but i mean honestly i would be a little pissed off after being stuck in the elevator for that long too (laughs) yeah so I understand a little bit of her being like, I don't have time for your philosophical soul searching, but the nail polish is in for you. But also like what, what don't you have time for? I mean, you're in an elevator <laughs> for an undetermined <laughs> amount of time. Might as well like examine the deeper side of your partner, you know? And it's yeah. like, I don't, but as far as like romantic comedy things go, like it definitely helps me because I was just so caught up throughout the entire movie before they broke up with their significant others I was like this is just wrong like they need to like they're just like they're they're like effect they're not cheating on each other but they're not being like emotionally honest with their spouse but then you have to think like their spouses aren't being that way with them either not sorry sorry that partners yeah. yeah yeah so it's like they're not like their partners are like equally like not being emotionally honest with them like we come to find out or at least one of them Frank for sure yeah well and I don't think we get any of that with Patricia, but it's certainly not like she's an emotionally supportive partner, mm, you know? Yeah. And whenever Tom Hanks tries to talk to her about something, she either like immediately falls asleep or changes <laughs> the subject or talks over yeah. him, you know? Mm-hmm. She's not, uh, she's not supporting him mm-hmm. and trying to help him become the best person he can be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think he realizes that when he's talking to his dad and, so right after they both break up with their girlfriends and they're on the boat and um, his dad's like, oh, I just have to find something, someone new. That's all. That's the easy part. And Joe is like, oh, yeah, a snap to find the one single person who fills your life with joy. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, he realizes like, of course, that's never been Patricia for him. Like he and Patricia might have been great as a couple at like book parties and <laughs> things like that, yeah. you know, because they're both these high profile characters in the book world. Mm-hmm. But of course, she's not exactly a joyful person. Yeah, it seems like. I don't know. She's probably one of the more flat characters or static characters in this whole thing. Like doesn't really change too much. The only thing that changed for me is I guess the lens through which like we view her, you know, like it's at one point we're seeing her as like Joe's girlfriend, you know, and then we get to like switch and not see her from that perspective, which I guess was like redeeming enough for me, you know? Yeah. And I do think my perspective of her has changed over the many many times I watched this movie because I used to think she was all evil but now like I said I'm like I want to make coffee nervous I (laughs) want I want to like be able to speak my mind and not care what other people are saying and you know maybe not to the point where someone asked me how I sleep at night Mm -hmm. take that literally because no one ever means that literally (laughs) but she's just immediately like ultra dorm just take half don't take the whole thing (laughs) like yeah so maybe not to that point but like she kicks ass Mm -hmm. like she's on the cover of the new york book review or whatever she they have that framed up in their apartment in one of the beginning scenes oh really yeah and she's like a huge player in her uh field and then joe fox is really not less of an asshole than she is yeah it's just that you know she's a woman so she's a bitch blah 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 yeah well we don't get to see her like secret emails you know we don't know what's really going on in her head yeah i don't know man did you notice how they kept like there were at least there was that one moment where kathleen was like i think frank like like at one point i thought he was the unabomber (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was like the craziest thing and so i started like looking up the unabomber because i didn't know much about him do you know he tried to blow up a building at, at the U campus? No. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. He I didn't get that far. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, there was a guy that blew himself up at one of OU's like football games oh. in Oklahoma. Like oh. blew himself up on like a bench outside the stadium. Jeez. Yeah. People are crazy. But <laughs> I was, it's funny like seeing the parallels between the two of them because like what's his last name? Like Navinsky? Oh, yeah. Frank Navinsky. Navasky Navasky and, and Kaczynski, Kaczynski yeah. is the Ooh, Unabomber's last name together. like they have the same last name they both like have this like hatred of technology like Ooh. thinking oh, that I didn't like, know that's what the Unabomber yeah, was driven by because he was like a mathematician who was like you know brilliant and then just decided I'm not gonna live on the grid anymore like I'm gonna get out of here because he started seeing what the industrial revolution was doing to humanity so like <gasps> what the advent of technology was doing to people and that's one of the first things we hear from Frank is how yeah. he hates the industrial revolution mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah oh oh yeah see i never knew this yeah and it's like i don't know and they both like put their manifestos to a certain extent like in newspapers yeah. you know like there there are some parallels Ooh, and i, I think d- that's purposeful i never realized oh it that, surely think, is yeah. yeah and there's like oh i don't remember never mind hmm. it was just something else i was gonna say about like a weird thing that he happened to know huh that's interesting yeah i mean i think that part of frank's thing is like Look, I'm a little bit of a Luddite, Luddite myself. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to turn on the TV. You know, like, I can't figure out all the technologies. I call a computer screen, which most people would call a monitor. I call <laughs> it a computer. So I say, like, at work, I have two computers. Mm-hmm. And everyone loses their mind. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> no, you just have two monitors. Like, I don't care. But that's the thing is, like, if 
there's a level of not caring where it's okay to not care. And then there's a level of like active hatred for the world progressing on without you. And it's like, you can like typewriters. Tom Hanks in real life collects typewriters. Mm -hmm. You know, you can like old things and hate these new scooters that are all over the place. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, you're just a curmudgeon verging on Unabomber and you got to let go. Yeah, no. And he, I mean, he was right there. I wonder if his relationship with the TV lady, like if that's going to change him since she's working in a different century. Yeah, because it's like he was so opposed to technology and blah, blah, blah. But apparently like being on TV is fine, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think anything where he's in the spotlight. Exactly. So it's like, I think that. He's not even principled. Yeah. In his hatred. No, he, that's why he's not the Unabomber because this guy went through and like did it. You know, he believed in this thing and he was like, I'm going to like go all out for this. Frank, not so much. Yeah, no, Frank's a sellout for sure. <laughs> but he's he's such a like perfect asshole. Just everything he does. So he I think he kind of redeem him, redeems himself in little small moments and then the same as Patricia immediately mm-hmm. eviscerates any progress he made. Cuz they so, want you to know that they're not the right ones for the characters. Right. Like that like they're like if if you try to like Oh, what is it? Like, empathize with this person or, like, understand where they're coming from? Like, stop it right now, you know? (laughs) Knock that off. Yeah, this is... But it's like, they also couldn't be too mean either, Mm -hmm. you know, because she and Frank split up amicably, and we presume that Joe and Patricia split up somewhat amicably. Yeah, because there wasn't, like, a scene of her throwing his shit up, but, you know, he had (laughs) it all in the cab. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, but one of the scenes that I think shows him, like, slightly redeem himself only to take it back again is when he's talking with Kathleen Kelly in their apartment mm-hmm. and she starts to say, well, but, and then sees his typewriter, gets distracted. They talk about the typewriter and he says, what were you going to say before? And she goes, oh, nothing. And he goes, no, no, tell me, tell me. Mm-hmm. So she starts to tell him, but then he immediately cuts her off and is like, Kathleen, you are a lone read. And he starts writing that manifesto. fucking poem. Oh yeah. And yeah. then it's like kind of a nice thing. Again, I wish I were a lone read standing tall, <laughs> waving strong in the sands of capitalism, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she like takes it and walks off reading it. And he has like way too long of a moment of just being so pleased with himself mm-hmm. before he picks up another piece of paper and starts typing again. Like he... I think he doesn't care that he's made her feel better. Mm-hmm. He just cares that something he has done was was like amazing. Yeah, that he he like just like came up with that on the spot, right. you know. And it's like I don't even think that he was necessarily thinking about like Kathleen. I think he was thinking about like what he wanted Kathleen to be, which right. kind of goes back to when or goes to when they break up, where he's like, you know, in theory we like should have worked out, you yeah. know. Yeah, like in your head, this person that you wanted them to be like. You know, I don't know. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I think that he part of his self-absorption is that he knew it was over with her long before he ended it. That's mm-hmm. why he was like, well, nothing's happened yet with Sydney Ann, you know, um, but there's something there. Like, I think he was too scared to break it off. But mm-hmm. Kathleen Kelly had been like at least emotionally involved with somebody else for much, much longer. Yeah. And just because she's the protagonist, we don't think that she's the asshole there. Well, I do. I thought that she and Joel were like both assholes, honestly. Yeah, they, 
and he kind of calls her on it when they meet in the coffee shop. He's like, so who are you meeting? Mm-hmm. Certainly not the world's greatest living expert on Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. <laughs> but he's doing it too. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, you got a girlfriend at home. You got yeah. somebody waiting for you. And you're instead meeting up with somebody who you've like heavily flirted with yeah. for several months. Yeah, like revealed like things that you wouldn't reveal to anybody else, right. which is definitely intimate, you know? Yeah. Like you can't, they were not, like they're not, uh, they don't get out of this like scot-free, you know? Right. Which is why, again, like I think the <laughs> the the two partners or whatever needed to be assholes, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. That just has to happen. Otherwise, you're not going to get me to like relate to these people. And it was already hard, like for some reason, and I know that like Tom Hanks has been in romantic comedies. Like he was in Sleepless yep. in Seattle. Yep and stuff which I've also never seen I learned okay, that in terrible preparation for this <laughs> podcast but like the only thing I can see him in is like Forrest Gump and yeah even then like he does have a romantic partner but I can just never see him as being like a heartthrob you well know? Th- that's the thing he's like you're every man that's why his name mm. is Joe in every movie he's mm-hmm. like cute enough that he can play the lead but he's not like hot you know that's true and he can never play an asshole like he's He's always just kind of like the nice guy, you know, <laughs> which is why it works out that mm-hmm. he, you know, gets typecast and all these different kinds of things. Gotcha. But you're right. If they were dating really sympathetic characters, we would be like, how could you possibly break up with this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, man, I like in the beginning when everybody's doing their little rituals, getting on the computer and stuff no. after their person has left, you know, that just made me feel bad because like, I don't know, I've like been cheated on, you know, it sucks, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah. And like Frank's an asshole, but like just tell him he's an asshole. And yeah. It. And they hadn't even like all the way moved in with each other. Well, I guess Joe had because he had to go live on the boat. Yeah. But like, I just don't really know what the what the rush or weight was, especially for Joe, who like knew who Kathleen yeah. was this whole time. You know, like he, he could have cut that one off like way sooner. Well, but it's probably at least for Kathleen, like it wasn't, you know, she has to tell herself like oh wait yes I am in love I'm in love with Frank like anytime you have to remind yourself of that it's mm-hmm. probably not great but it also wasn't like bad enough for her to end it yeah you know like yeah he was an uh, an asshole but like you know sometimes mm-hmm. people are assholes that just happens <laughs> you know uh, yeah I'm married to somebody who sometimes is an asshole and uh good thing like, he's not here yeah, right now you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the fact that she when someone first said, are you in love? She immediately thought of Joe and said no and was mm-hmm. like all embarrassed of it instead of her boyfriend at mm-hmm. the very beginning. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's trouble. Yeah, yeah. Man, something else. Have you seen the movie Don John? Mm-mm. It's like this movie with, oh gosh, what's that guy's name? Doesn't matter. It's basically about this guy who has a porn addiction. And so. Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes, him. And so basically, like, there's this, like, motif throughout the movie where he'll be, like, you know, getting ready to, like, watch porn. And, you know, he opens his MacBook and it makes the Mac noise when it opens up. And it's, like, the same kind of ritual. Like, I feel like like it's the not a coincidence <laughs> that like of the logging on yeah like they like do the thing where they like get all ready you know and they sit <laughs> yeah. down at the computer and it like takes forever you know and it's like you've got mail and they're like that's my lifeblood and like the same thing for him you know in this movie so I I think it's just funny how like these two movies they were supposed to be about like cutting edge technology at their time like borrowed the same things or like oh. that one borrowed from that movie I don't know oh that is interesting mm-hmm Oh, I never thought about that. You have all these great insights from your first time watching it that are things that I miss because my brain just like fills in the blanks from me watching it times, you know? Yeah. No, I can see um, where that could be the case. Yeah. So I'm curious. Why do you think that Tom Hanks first asks 
Meg Ryan to meet for the first time right after the dinner party where they meet. Do you think it's something that he saw like that he didn't like in Patricia or that she didn't, you know, or that he liked in, in Mm -hmm. who he knew she was at the time, just the email version. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think that was part of when he started to really be like, Oh God, Patricia kind of sucks. I think she was a little bit embarrassing or do you think it was just in himself? I, you know, I think that I hadn't necessarily considered that until just now, but now that you say it, it definitely seems like, like that was the moment where they both, or at least he like realized that both of the people that they're with kind of suck, you know? Cause like yeah. there is that scene at the end where they literally <laughs> have to be pulled apart and they're just like, so in to talking to each other. I don't know. Yeah. I think that he, I think that if he wasn't thinking it already, that moment might've like solidified it for him. Yeah, I think so. I think that he, he got a little shaken from his like banter back and forth with Kathleen Kelly Mm -hmm. and was like, well, Patricia's not going to do anything. Like they go home and all she talks about is like Frank Navasky, Mm -hmm. you know, and then immediately falls asleep. And so he's like, okay, I have to find someone who's actually going to listen to me and, you know, yeah connect with me yeah no because she gets home and assumedly takes one of those pills you know just falls like right <laughs> asleep ultra darn like immediately it's like oh yeah uh patricia i don't think you should be taking whatever that is <laughs> right uh, yeah that's not good yeah no it, it's funny because he even like he has the common courtesy you know to be like can't sleep like getting out of bed but she's like totally out <laughs> yeah. you know she has no idea yeah although you do have to a little bit admire her honesty this goes back to like as I've gotten older, I've hated less of her and admired more of her. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning when she's in a hurry and she's like, Murray Chilton died. That makes one less person I'm not speaking <laughs> to. Like yeah. we've, oh, maybe not when someone's died, but like we've all felt that sentiment and only she says it, you mm-hmm. know? And then especially the next part where she's like, and this person got a rave review. He'll be insufferable. Like mm-hmm. I have felt that a hundred million times and I've probably said it a time or two. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not no. to the person, but to my friends or to my husband, you know? Yeah. She's just your like classic, like stereotypical, like high powered, like business lady yeah. in the city, you know? Yeah. Does it say where she's from at all? Does um, it- no, but I would guess she's a New Yorker. Yeah. She, I, and I think they try to make her be like a, stereotypical new yorker Mm. you know something that i just remembered that has nothing to do with what you're talking about actually i think it's so funny that they like talk about starbucks at such length (laughs) because it's like i don't know it's like it's it's the same chain that they hate you like it's a chain coming in and getting rid of local coffee shops like i don't (laughs) yeah they're like this big bad wolf Mm -hmm. uh fox books and then let's all go to starbucks afterwards yeah (laughs) and like define ourselves you know right (laughs) get a mochaccino what is that is it a mocha cappuccino i guess so but i don't know what it just sounds i mean you just add chocolate to make a mocha i guess so but like it just sounded to me like a fake drink like somebody doing a satire about people that go to starbucks (laughs) would like make up a mochaccino like triple sour cow you know or something like that but apparently it's real or he gets them which isn't a very manly drink well, she, no, that's when she's making fun of him when she's like, you think you're saving the world you with your mm-hmm. homogenized mochaccino land. Mm-hmm. I don't think he drinks a mochaccino. D- I bet he drinks black coffee. I mean, I c- he definitely is, always has like a coffee cup yeah. when he's walking around his yeah. store. I really thought there was a, don't they order something at Starbucks? We get he, to hear their orders. No, he's making fun of someone who orders tall decaf cappuccino. Oh, okay. Yeah, but oh. that's not his. Okay. Oh, and she orders something. 
Oh, Doesn't remember. she get a mochaccino? Maybe she Some, does. I just remember like somebody actually ordering one, <laughs> and I could just be making this up because, you know, it's it's only been two viewings. <laughs> oh, what does he order in when they meet for coffee? I think it's a mochaccino. I think it no, is. No, you don't I think, think so? I think it is. Yeah. Maybe that's why she says homogenize the world mochaccino land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, because that's funny because I always thought. Okay, so which coffee does each character order? Parker Posey, like a red eye, black coffee with extra mm. shots of espresso. She was sure. drinking. She was drinking espresso like the when first we first meet her, her, and then yeah. she's like, "I don't have time," and like runs out the door <laughs> <laughs> for like. I'm the, too nervous for coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. So yeah, her Frank, like a yeah. Hmm. I What's feel like the he was like pretentious kind of coffee. Probably like an Americano or like yeah. an Earl Grey tea. Yeah. With like what can there's a thing at the Rose establishment that's like a London fog or something. I See, feel like he but don't make fun of that. I love London fogs. They're good. I'm just saying like I'm trying to think <laughs> they, of like a like a, a hipster establishment and a drink. Yeah, he would he well, I think London fog would be too hipster for him. Mm. That's the thing is he like missed the hipster boat. He hates all the old stuff mm-hmm. but like hasn't hasn't found his way to channel that into like irony you know like mm. i feel like hipsters are all about ironically liking old stuff That's or true. ironically hating stuff he just and like legitimately his is, likes yeah it. his is not <laughs> irony his is just straight like remove solitaire from everybody's computer <laughs> yeah like, oh gosh and that what he said that i was just like <laughs> those people are probably getting paid like shit wages yeah. like they and what are you doing with your life frank navaski you're mm-hmm. writing columns about your girlfriend's store yeah and also games like solitaire and minesweeper served like a really important function in early computers because it was teaching people how to point and click with the mouse like that's See? why those games are on computers so like if he would just think about the long term if these people are really good at clicking <laughs> like they'll be and able pointing. to yeah they'll be so good at spreadsheets they'll they'll like all that time wasted they'll, they'll gain it back for the important company they work for i don't know if that's a hundred percent true <laughs> but i'll give you a little bit but it's like look everybody kills time at work mm-hmm. you do it by writing lame stuff on your typewriter mm-hmm. other people do it by playing solitaire yep and i just still cannot understand the need for three typewriters like can you like do you have a plausible explanation for that no okay because there are some houses like her house he has two when is and he then ev- one at his office exactly yeah. so when is he ever gonna be like at his girlfriend's house you know like <laughs> yeah. over over here on one side like run right over here like yeah. with my other brilliant <laughs> idea you know yeah. too much it is too much although we had a typewriter growing up and it was so much fun like to you know move the th- the top mm-hmm. part and mm-hmm. just feel the keys click you know having to push a lot harder and yeah and you know if you make a typo oh no like, yeah you can try to go back and put in the white tape and like undo mm-hmm. it with that but basically that's just it yeah and i don't know whatever happened to that i mean they don't make them anymore so they, you can't even like buy one for thousands of dollars like there's surely there's some vintage company like well, all the yeah, people but they don't make new ones oh yeah so there's a limited number of typewriters in the world and you got to find one. I thought it was kind of like turntables or like record players, you know, that are oh, kind of coming back. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I could um, maybe see it at some point. I don't, it seems like, like the next hipster thing or like I've definitely, yeah. doesn't 
Tom Hanks, doesn't he have like some kind of app or something that make where you can like type on a typewriter like on your iPad? Oh, I didn't know that. That's I funny. think I feel yeah, like I've seen that. Surprise them. me. Okay. Um. Back check yeah, because he just wrote a book <laughs> where all of the short stories involve a typewriter and stuff. Really? Uh huh. Man, he's busy. Actually, I think we had a typewriter at our wedding because it was like everybody vintage stuff oh did know. people like write on it to say no, like nice things to you just like a decoration no. i know i mean we missed the boat but <laughs> you know at frank Novasky's wedding they're all going to do typewriter mm-hmm. uh greetings and then like maybe film something yes you know get have know. a polaroid I, camera maybe sydney ann is gonna dump his ass soon anyway because she's gonna realize like what she's seeing him she sees that he's like famous enough to be on a tv show yes <laughs> which and he was he was there talking about like the the protest right mm-hmm. okay okay yeah so i don't know how many other moments he's gonna have to make big news like that though. yeah that's true and like and the other stuff that so when patricia's talking about what he writes in his column it's like heidegger and foucault it's like no one's gonna invite you on tv to talk yeah. about foucault like yeah nobody no unless they have a big crush on you yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna be but on also tv his segment's like 45 seconds long mm-hmm. she's just like so the bookstore and he's like the bookstore is great she's like so are you and they're like oh my god we love each other <laughs> We're both great. isn't that crazy <laughs> but i love that he doesn't even try to hide the fact that he like had a crush on her you know yeah like at the very end, and he's like, yeah, well, I think there's something there. It's kind of open-ended whether he thinks something there in his TV career or whatever. Yeah. But it's just like, dude, we just saw you flirting with that girl. And mm-hmm. then he said, I think there's something there. What yeah. do you think Kathleen is going to think that means? Yeah, no, that's definitely like a like foreshadowing. Somebody, is anybody yeah. paying attention? You know, like there's something there. Yeah. <laughs> but he also gets some of the greatest lines in the movie like when they're in the movie theater mm-hmm. and the person in front of him is like do you mind can you quiet <laughs> down he's like a hot dog is singing you need quiet while a hot dog is singing <laughs> yeah and that's a great line yeah and before then they were talking about okay they were talking about um kathleen kelly's mom's friend birdie yeah mm-hmm. who who had just like revealed that she was dating somebody sketchy or something <laughs> what uh, was uh, Ferdinand Franco, generally some of Franco. Yes. Who was like the the Hitler of Italy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And he was like, you don't like accidentally date a dictator or something <laughs> yeah. like that. People do very stupid things in foreign countries. They buy leather jackets for much more than they're worth, but they don't fall in love with fascist dictators. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was funny because... I don't know. At the time, I was kind of equating him to a fascist dictator. And I (laughs) was like, you're spelling your own demise, you know. And then he kind of was being like a real like dick, you know, like in the movies. And then, you know, like one scene later or whatever, they're broken up. So I was like, perfect. That couldn't have happened at a better time. done with you now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's a fascist dictator. (laughs) I just loved how he said generalissimo, which I'm sure that's just like when you talk about this person, you'll say like the, the general, like whatever it is in that language. But I just thought it was so him to be like generalissimo. Oh, and by the way, did you know that I can say general in Italian? It's generalissimo. Yeah. Like cool dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I suspected that you could do that. Just (laughs) like I suspect that you have three typewriters at home and a secret one, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but Greg Kinnear, he also does a lot of that same kind of character because I think he's also very good at taking it like, 
right to the line mm-hmm. of being like just enough of a jerk and then bringing it back and then right it back up to the line. Mm-hmm. And I think he does that. What else is he in? Here. Um, He's in Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Not not Eternal Sunshine. I was of like, he's mind. not Jim Carrey. No. Um, <laughs> um, what's the one where the family takes a road trip? Oh, something family vacation. No, 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 <laughs> I no, don't no. know. Um, Nick knows, but he won't tell me. Um, <laughs> um, it's got the little girl, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yeah, he's in Little Miss Sunshine. Which one is, is he? The dad? He's the dad. Oh, uh-huh. and then he's in a couple other like '90s kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he's ever the main character in a chick flick, mm-hmm. but I feel like he's in a couple other roles like that. That's funny. Speaking of him being the Unabomber <laughs> from earlier, uh, basically, did you? There was that scene when it's like they're going out a business day at the shop around oh, the corner, uh-huh. and somebody just like casually mentions like we should bomb Fox Books, <laughs> and I was like, "You're like Frank, Frank." Yeah, I was like, <laughs> one, watch out for Frank. Two, <laughs> yeah. like this was definitely like a pre nine eleven movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> where people could joke about that. Yeah. Like that, a movie in New York about bombing, like, I don't know. Yeah. What would you do, though, if you suspected your significant other was the Unabomber or the modern day equivalent? I mean, I guess it just depends on, like, how, like, if I just, like, suspected them casually, you know, or, like, did they (laughs) put. Like, what level of casual is there to suspecting someone as the Unabomber? That's true. Like, Like, either. They have given you reason to believe that they're a murderer, mm-hmm. or they have not. <laughs> like, there's not yeah. a lot of like, well, that's true. I mean, he likes typewriters, <laughs> but he also likes killing people. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I like based on like I would like to say like, well, I would like I would kind of like to say that if I suspected that like my significant other was gonna like you know commit a terrorist plot that i would tell somebody about or it. you would at least break up with them right yeah <laughs> i'd be like this is the line yeah you know? <laughs> yeah but because you don't want to be the significant other when you find out mm-hmm. your significant other is the yeah. bomber because then everyone turns to you and they're like how did you not see yeah. this coming you're yeah. like well i kind of did and they're right. like what yeah you kind of did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could have avoided some that's stuff that's not a good look kathleen kelly but it's just like based on my like past relationships where i just stay in like all of them way too long like even after some pretty bad stuff has gone down you know it's you're like, like oh, it's not that bad yeah it's like maybe maybe he it's only me bombs universities and airports <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't go to either <laughs> i don't know i I would like to think I would at least break up with them. Mm-hmm. If even if I didn't think just like they suspected are it. the Unabomber, you know, even if I was like, oh, a bomb went off in Salt Lake City, but they were in New York at the time, so it can't be him. Mm-hmm. If you think that they have the profile <laughs> that they could be the Unabomber, mm-hmm. break up with this person. Yeah, that's just like that's some zealousness that you just yeah. shouldn't have to deal with. And if they're like spending all this time thinking about like, you know, the implications of the industrial revolution on like humans which like some of the things that he was like really scared about was like we don't do anything in our real life that's real so we start focusing on these surrogate activities so like this sounds very like heidegger and foucault kind of talk mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and so we do these surrogate activities like playing or watching sports is one of the things that he like points to like and so we get like fake achievements in our life oh i just came from a softball game where uh i got my second ever base hit of the season oh my goodness first one was last week and i got a walk so i got on base twice Mm -hmm. and then both times 
I almost immediately forgot that if the person after you hits the ball into the air, you can't start running until after it's caught or else you're going to get out. I didn't know that. Well, so like you can, but then once it's caught, you have to run back and tag your base, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's only once it touches the ground that you can start running. Got you. And so then both times I immediately got myself out. So basically there's like a lose, lose for my team for (laughs) me going up to bat. Like either I'm going to strike out or I'm going to get on base and then immediately ruin it. But so yeah, I have some fake achievements in my life. See, and so it's like, if you're so like obsessed with like being mad about that, because that's pretty much like all we do right now, like you're probably not in a space to be in a relationship yeah yeah I would bet that's all consuming Mm -hmm. and in the end that kind of is all consuming for Frank like I think the same thing he likes Sydney Ann not for anything Sydney Ann does just because she's a mirror to himself Mm -hmm. she doesn't say anything intelligent or groundbreaking earth shattering all she does is tell Mm -hmm. him how great he is and he's like oh my gosh i can't (laughs) even talk thank you ladies and gentlemen like slobbering all over himself thank you okay dude like yeah act like you've been there before Mm -hmm. no she was not asking the hard questions this was (laughs) she also had some terrible examples of journalism all around yeah and it's like i don't know for people who like claim to love newspapers so much they they have a lot to learn also like the fact that like if we could just like figure it out the internet would be like the best thing that has ever happened to journalism yeah well when you figure it out let me know yeah i mean i'm not there i'm just saying like if the goal of journalism even in the united states is to like give people the information to be free and self-governing or whatever if everybody has access to that yeah perfect you know but it's like we kind of messed we, we messed it up out of the gate it seems yeah. like <laughs> i don't right. know it needed to be like everyone do a paywall all at once mm-hmm. i guess that doesn't give everyone free access i don't know yeah I no figure it out yeah, but yeah. i don't think that frank Novaski is entirely concerned with i don't think he's still doing world. journalism yeah i think he's like i don't know writing he's probably like, like a professor one of those professors who's like um Back in the day, I used to be a super cool writer, and it's like, cool, so now you're an adjunct teaching intro to news writing? Yeah. Not that I'm talking any (laughs) shit on my intro to news writing professors, except going to the U, I had quite a few comm professors who I was like, what? (laughs) Who are you? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean... I think that he's probably just writing like gratuitous nonfiction novel, you know, like oh, just really yes. long, like <laughs> Unabomber fan fiction. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, whatever happened to Ted Kaczynski? Did he get caught? He's, or did he die? He got caught. His he the so the newspapers ended up publishing his manifesto, and his oh. brother was able to identify him <gasps> by his writing style, oh. and so he's serving like several consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole he's like oh, 79 i didn't know he was still alive mm-hmm. oh. or at least the thing i was looking at like right before i came over said that he was 79 so like not mm. not dead you know <laughs> mm. it's interesting how i mean i guess he was like a huge flashpoint culturally but i mean when did this go on i was too young to really know that it was happening i know that his manifesto was published in like 90s yeah, you know, so, so it's I would like, have been a little kid. I can't, I can't remember like the time period it was happening. But the other movie that I know they reference him in is Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen Goodwill Hunting? Are you kidding <laughs> no. me? Well, this Good is podcast hunting. This is not really a spoiler, but at one point, one of the characters is trying to tell another character like, "Don't waste your talent. Go do what you were meant to do." And uh, he was like, you know. 
there was someone else who was really, really brilliant in math. And guess what? <laughs> he turned out to be like, you mm-hmm. know, Ted Kaczynski was a genius. You yeah. Know? And, but just like fell off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's like he's this warning, you know, mm-hmm. like don't become this in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, <laughs> and then, yeah. And guessing you've got mail. It's like. Mm-hmm sort of the same thing like don't have a boyfriend who is like that (laughs) yeah anytime we need to warn someone away from the edge we can use ted kaczynski yeah don't fly too close to the sun (laughs) or you're gonna get burnt (laughs) yeah gosh that's it's funny that that was like something that was just like so in the public consciousness at like that time you know that it's like appears in the the pop culture and i'm trying to think like do we 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 haven't had like a mad terrorist figure like lone no, figure. I mean the Boston bombers, but they but just they did got their caught thing at once, quickly, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't like a series of things. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I mean, so speaking of the U's connection to serial killers, so <laughs> Ted Kaczynski tried to blow up a building at the U, a business building, mm-hmm. and then um, oh sh- shoot, who's that really attractive serial killer? Oh. Who Zac Efron is going to play? Oh my goodness. He Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy was mm. a law school student at the U. Really? Yeah. Is he yeah. LDS? Why was I don't he here? I think he was. I don't know why he was here, but he was like incredibly popular, mm-hmm. you know? And when he got arrested, a group of students went to the administration and said, You got the wrong guy. Like, Ted can possibly do this. Yeah. And one of the administrators had to say, like, I've seen the evidence that the cops have, and you need to stop this protest now like this is chilling stuff you know but no one could believe it because he was so charming man like how was he still at the u whenever like soon after he was like arrested for all that for all the killings i don't think he ever graduated so maybe he was a law student when it happened when he got caught i think because i know he went there i don't think he graduated were there any victims here um there were utah victims but none none of his classmates huh see i just like that's a name i know you know but it's like i don't know where they were based yeah (laughs) you know it was here wow isn't that creepy yeah and so now the law school bans you every year new students find this out and they're like what this is crazy (laughs) and so people try to make like ted bunny class of 73 you know shirts Uh or whatever and the school bans them wow they're like you you can make them if you want but you can't wear them on campus you can't have like a student group I don't, maybe they haven't banned you from wearing them on campus, but I know they've banned student groups from making them as part of the student group. Like you can't use student funds for them. Huh. That's really interesting, especially, well, I mean, maybe it's not as interesting. I was just going to say like the fact that this like institution would put like such a ban on speech or whatever yeah, when I you're know. in such it's a like, red that's state. That's ironic. <laughs> yeah. That's and like, like from a law school where you learn yeah. about the first amendment. I'm sure it's one of those things where, no one has challenged it because mm-hmm. I've seen a Ted Bundy class of 73 or whatever shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they really push, the school would have to give in. But the school just tells you up front, don't do this. Yeah. Please. We want people to forget he went here. Yeah. And then I come and make a podcast about how he <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Speak truth to power. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one podcast at a time. Frank. Mm-hmm. When he's on TV talking to Sydney Ann, and he's like, "You know, Sydney Ann, technologically the world's out of hand. Take the VCR for example." <laughs> he talks about how the whole point of having a VCR is so you can go out mm-hmm. and miss what's on television, but the whole point of 
going out and missing is to miss what's on television, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, that's not the point of a VCR. The point of a VCR is that you can do both. Yeah. Like, wh- like it gives why you- are you caught up in this? Like yeah. people want to go out and still see what's on television. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's like, I don't know. He seems to be putting like a lot of stock in television for somebody that like hates technology yeah. too. You know, it's like, I don't leave my house because I don't want to watch television. I leave my house because I have like things to do. Right. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and, but Sydney is like, whoa, you're right. Mind blowing. And yeah. Like, no, you can have two motivations at once. And mm-hmm. like want two things like the whole point of going to work is to make money for vacation. But the whole point of vacation is not to be at work. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, that's how it works. <laughs> like, yeah. That is the yin and yang of the life. Yeah. Know? And if, like, if you bought a BC- VCR that, like, only functioned when you were out of the house, <laughs> like, that would be so, so counterintuitive. You couldn't watch your Disney movies. Yeah. Couldn't you'd, watch your home movies. You'd miss out on everything. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't. think... <laughs> okay. So, I think Frank overrated mm-hmm. as a human not as a character mm-hmm. patricia underrated mm. because i value some of her characteristics i value zero of frank's characteristics mm. except that he has some good lines some good one-liners mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i think i would definitely agree with your assessment there i'm trying i was trying to think of like a reason why that would be like do you think it's just because like she's like a woman <laughs> i think so because i think it's part like this oh it's funny to see a woman who's like a bitch mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh and like haha look she's so high powered mm-hmm. like you know that's a joke yeah and like we don't even get a backstory with her and there was something that i was reading recently it was just like a tweet from like liberal twitter pretty much but it, it said something and it was like the reason that like bisexual people the reason that the women are always <gasps> oh, yeah it's like the reason the women are always like seen as being able to like you know swing to the girl side or whatever what was it okay it's it was like it was about girls um are uh now I'm not going to be able to remember. Basically, it, too, it was just like the male centered part of it. Like right, you can't yeah. imagine a person without the needs of like a male being. Yeah, in there it's somewhere. like we assume that bisexual females are mostly lesbian, but can have three ways. Mm-hmm. But we assume that bisexual men are secretly just really gay because mm-hmm. you can't imagine like a sexual preference that doesn't center around male mm-hmm. attraction. Yeah, no, exactly. And so it's like with with like frank we find out more about him because we like fundamentally need him to set up kathleen kelly like as a person whereas like joe just kind of functions by himself and like patricia is just kind of like you know they're like mosquito just like chaotic force you know that's just like spinning around him and then like we find out you know what happens to frank but it's like she's just gone like once once joe isn't a part of like her life anymore it's like goodbye anymore yeah i wish i saw more of her like what happened with her Mm -hmm. Uh, speaking of chaotic i think that she is chaotic neutral Mm -hmm. i'll give her because yeah some evil some good yeah um but frank is lawful evil okay Mm mm-hmm where he's like, yeah, where he's like confined in his like little like rules that he has for himself, yeah. but it's all bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's all bad <laughs> effects too. Yeah. You know, even when he has some glimmer of like, oh, my girlfriend was trying to say something and I cut her off. Like mm-hmm. he still cuts her off again. Yeah. He's trying to make her feel better. It's like he's aware of the rules. Right. <laughs> but he just keeps breaking them. Well, because he has so, so many good things to say all the time. Always better than everything else being said. That's true. And <laughs> the second p- 
pa- uh, Patricia never really gets that good of lines. Her mm-hmm. only good line is when she's like, oh, who does that remind me of? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of me. She's yeah. like, you think you're so great in this situation, but you're not. You put her out of work. I'm going to put her back into work. And mm-hmm. uh, don't act like you're better than me. Just yeah. because you want to go find the love of your life and I want to get my eyes lasered. <laughs> Which, what does that mean? I wondered like, that at the time. Like LASIK. Oh, I thought she wanted like like eyelid plastic surgery, oh, like lift eye eye lift. I think is what that's I called. Li- I had assumed it was LASIK. Uh, that would make sense. But too. I do love the Does way she, she ever says work? it, mm. where she's like, "Going to get my eyes lasered. <laughs> 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 my eyes will become the lasered." <laughs> I mean, I've been in situations where people are like. Oh, on the spot, say a deep thing. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. I feel for her a little bit in that. <laughs> I made a note that says Joe and underline are in the cash only lane in their relationships. Realize <laughs> the possibilities. <laughs> that was what I did, couldn't figure out what Kathleen's name was. <laughs> and I don't necessarily underline. know what I was trying to say with that other than. Oh, so they're both in the cash only lane, like in their life, like that's like, a very deep metaphor. Yeah, like they're both like like they they could just get out of this shitty situation and use their card, like if the forces around them would like align to make that happen. And then you know, Joe walks in and he makes it happen for her. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was a purposeful metaphor, but I'll give it to you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think I really explained it well. <laughs> Okay, final question. I'm just going to tell you I don't have the answer to it. <laughs> final question. Favorite line of the movie. Okay. Man, okay, so I hate it and I love it. That line at the end where Frank is like, do you want to, like, get coffee or whatever for the rest of our lives? Like, oh, I think no. that... Joe says that. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. I think that's my that's my favorite line. But I also kind of hate it at the same time. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> too far, I think. Yeah, because like they like said that to me and be like, "You went from romantic to serial killer mm-hmm. really fast." Yeah, because he was like, "If we had met at a different time, I would say this to you right off the bat." Yeah. But I like I do like the concept of that for like a relationship, yeah. you know? Like I think that that would be a perfectly appropriate proposal later on down <laughs> yeah. the road, you know? Yeah. <laughs> After you've gone on an official date, yeah, and she knows your true identity, exactly. <laughs> like, because like, I know that he's probably feeling this really strong connection because he knows that shop girl is her you know and vice versa but like she doesn't know that like I'd be kind of weirded out yeah and I was also very surprised at the ending when she like seemed to be picking up these hints that all along I was just like how did you not pick up that hint like he's giving you like meaningful eye contact he's like quoting the (laughs) emails like how are you not getting it and it turns out at the end that she had been getting it but was just acting like completely oblivious the whole time I don't think she had fully let herself believe oh, it, uh-huh. you know? she's like i wanted it to be you but i wouldn't let myself believe the chance that it really could be in mm-hmm. case it wasn't and then i'd be disappointed and then you'd also be like admitting some some stuff to yourself about yeah. like i don't know who who you have organically just started to like if they weren't the email guy you know yeah like i'm sure that was a hard step for her yeah so i think there was a lot of cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. going on in mm-hmm. there yeah and I was very worried for Brinkley whenever he he's like coming up, the dog's like running crazy. And then it's just like, sorry, we're going to like kiss for a little bit. And I'm like, where did the dog go? My dog would be chasing oh, someone. Oh, he's jumping on them. Well, he he's comes like, up later. Yeah. But like in that interim, like, oh, I, yeah. you know, when he walks up, I'm just like, where did the dog he's go? He's just living his best dog life. I wish my dog could like be off leash in places. <laughs> like he's either going to attack a dog, like a person, 
a child. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the options. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? He He's kind of a mix, but he is predominantly um, German Shepherd and Chow, which are oh. both like territorial mm. kind of dogs. And he's like super sweet and he's fine in dog parks. But it's like for some reason, if he's like attached to me on a leash, like or near me, like, at a situation that's not a dog park or something, he'll just think that everybody is a threat, you know? He's like, mean, get a- an alternative. Yeah, yeah. Strangers always tell me he has piercing eyes like a wolf. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because oh. he just stares them down. <laughs> is your dog the Unabomber? I don't think I'm ready to <laughs> spill the beans on him yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do we have like an outro? Nope, nope that's it. This has Do you been want an outro? <laughs> This has been You've Got Podcasts.